Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Byron Lane is the author of Big Gay Wedding, a novel. Byron is also the author of A Star is Bored, hailed by the New York Times Book Review as wildly funny and irreverent. He's a playwright, screenwriter, Emmy award-winning journalist, and former assistant to actress Carrie Fisher. He's originally from New Orleans and lives in Palm Springs, California, with his husband, best-selling author Stephen Raleigh of The Celebrants, and their rescue dogs, Raindrop and Shirley. Welcome, Byron. Thank you so much for coming on. Moms don't have time to read books to discuss a gay wedding, a novel. 
I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me. I love chatting with you. Oh, of course you too. Before we got on, I was just raving about how beautiful this cover is with the two men holding hands, but you could almost can't even tell. It's like this big blue and white wedding season, something blue. It's just perfect. It's totally. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Good vibes. You know, you never really know what the cover will look like when you hold it for the first time. And uh, I'm so happy. I'm so proud of it. Yeah, it's really great. And the book. So tell, tell listeners what, <laughs> what the book is about. So Big Gay Wedding is about a conservative mom who runs a small town rescue ranch for misfit animals. And she clashes with her gay son who wants to have his wedding there on the family farm. That's the quick and easy. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> good yeah. pitch, concise. Yeah. And it's that. a little funner the bride. It's a little Schitt's Creek. So we've got some humor in there. We've got lots of heart. And really like some really fun characters to explore the world with. Like there's a grandfather character named Papa who lives in a nursing home, but he is um, really progressive because at the nursing home, they, they let them watch TV shows like Glee. So he's always got like fun takes. So I hope folks like it. Of course, folks will like it. Tell me about all the different points of view and deciding how to structure the book. I know first person, third person, like which characters you chose for when I feel like, isn't that a hard decision? And how did you structure it? Really? I kind of just give the ball a kick and see what's <laughs> working. And that's kind of where we landed. So we follow all of the characters, really. We follow the mother, Chrissy Durang. Her son, Barnett, is the one who wants to get married on the farm. His partner is Ezra, who is a teacher and brings to the story some kind of, uh, I wouldn't say new age, but maybe maybe a little bit of like outside of the box teaching about helping kids connect with their feelings and all that kind of stuff. And so it was really fun. It was so different from A Star is Bored, which was my, my first novel, which was inspired by my time I worked for Carrie Fisher. So for A Star is Bored, I was able to really kind of take reality and then paint imagination on top of it. Uh, Big Gay Wedding is really a lot more imagination. So you get this opportunity to really explore life with with these characters. And and there's some that is inspired by my real life. I mean, I grew up in the South. My family had a hard time when I came out. It was a whole nother coming out experience to introduce everyone to my husband, author Stephen Rowley, <laughs> uh, wrote the Gunkle on the celebrants. So this story really is a mom's story, to be honest. I mean, the title is Big Gay Wedding. There's lots of big gay stuff in it, but it's really a story about a mom who's trying to come out in her own way as loving and supporting her gay son. No, it's so interesting. I was on Instagram earlier today. This is going to sound random, but anyway, do you know who Jen Hatmaker is? She's based in Austin. Anyway, she, I guess, had this whole evangelical following for a long time in her prior life and posted about her support of gay marriage and all, you know, how amazing. And of course, when they, she said something like, well, what if your son came out and wanted a wedding to another man? She was like, of course, I'd be 100% behind it. And I guess she lost her whole business at the time. And all the evangelical Christian following that she had, they canceled, they canceled all of her. But anyway, it was a whole thing. But she posted about it to say, but it opened up this whole amazing community. And you know, you never know sometimes when it feels like things are bad, like things get better. So anyway, all, all to say she can relate to the main character of Chrissy and all that. Uh, well, and you know, I hope that this book carries a little bit of that spirit of hope that when things seem bad, there's always another side to it. And when my first book came out, I was in the middle of chemo for testicular cancer and a by now. 
But there were so many experiences during that that made me, I mean, it was sort of your force. I was forced to face like, oh, I feel like I'm going through this terrible thing, but look at all these beautiful things that are happening. So like one of them was a uh, an older lady. She was also going through chemo and she would knit all day. And then at, at one point she came up to me and one of the things she was knitting was a hat for me. You know, I was bald and she gave me this hat to keep me warm and so there were all these sweet moments and gosh, your friend in Austin, I'm sorry that that happened. I'm, I'm also so glad that she's able to see beauty that comes out of it. And I hope that that's, I hope I brought some of that to these characters in this book too. Uh, they all go through their own kind of journey of acceptance and understanding. And at the end of the day, isn't that part of all of our lives being able to say like, wow, there's still sunshine. Yeah. I think in large part, that's why people read, right? You just yes. want to see like... I analyze what I like to read. I like to read stories where something bad happens and something good happens at the end, right? Like you get through something, it doesn't matter what it is, but yeah. you get through the challenge, the family challenge, like the, you know, all of it. And then you, you can go about your day and be like, okay, well, whatever I have on my plate, it's going to be fine because these 15 books I just read, it was, it, you know, there are skills and tools that I've learned in every one. And also being seen. Yeah. Like just that human thing. Gosh, I, I still remember this Oprah episode where yeah. she said, your kids just want to see you light up when you enter the room. And, and you know, I think that that's also true of adults. Yeah, I think uh, we all like to, to feel seen. And uh, I love it when a, a book can capture that and, and make me feel that way. Totally. Wait, your journey with testicular cancer. How old were you when that happened? Oh my gosh, so dumb. Do you want to talk about it? You don't have oh, to. Oh yeah, anything you want. So the first, I noticed a lump on a testicle in 2015. And the doctor was like, well, this isn't good. We should remove the testicle, see what's going on in there. And that's that. So they did, and they did a biopsy and there was cancer, but it was contained. So I didn't need chemo in 2015. And he was like, if you... If you wait it out five years, we'll do a scan every few months, that kind of thing. And after five years, you should be good to go. And then Zibby, five years later, no. almost to the date, yeah, I went for my scan and they were like, oh, the cancer showed up in some lymph nodes, kind of in my oh. leg. So it wasn't the end of the world. I mean, I'm so lucky that I had uh, Stephen here to help me through that. And by that point, he had published three books. And so he was really a great support at... Well, because the Stars Board was coming out. And so he was like, well, here's what's going to happen. Here's what that process looks like. And then, of course, COVID. COVID happened in the middle of the doing chemo. So, like, I took my little bald head and I put on my mask. And Stephen drove me to the chemo place. And then he wasn't allowed to stay because of the new rules. And I don't know. It was all just like, it was it was a little bit of crazy town. But it's hard to not look back at that with a little smile because it brought us so much closer. That was a beautiful time for our family. And then the little experiences I had with the doctors and nurses and all that. So, so it all worked out. I had to have one other surgery where they took the tumor out. Afterwards, I said to the doctor, like, he was like, that was a really weird shaped tumor. And I thought, did you take a picture? And he was <laughs> like, oh man, sorry. I only take a picture of the giant one. So I was a little bummed about that. But but all is next forgiven time. because <laughs> next time, yeah, <laughs> all is forgiven because I'm safe and sound and healthy and moving all along. Oh my gosh! Well, I mean, how many more obstacles can you throw in the book launches? You know, I mean, it's like hard enough to launch a book. <laughs> I know it's like, oh, is Town and Country going to review? You know, and then you've got like also like, oh, it was cancer and COVID. <laughs> it was really, it was really a nutty time. I don't even mean to laugh. I mean, it's just crazy. It oh. is insane. all of it. It's like, oh my gosh! If we can't laugh, what is the point? 
Yeah. What is the point? It really does feel like every now and then I'll have these moments where I think, if I just take myself out of it for a second, life isn't that hard. And laughter is one of those things where it can be sort of an automatic response. And if I just kind of like let it happen, let the thing be funny, sometimes it's by just let it be embarrassing. It really can be a smooth ride. And so I'm all about having a good laugh at all of it. Wow. I love that you finalized that whole section with saying what a smooth ride it is when it sounded like it was like the opposite of a smooth ride. So let's go with that. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's sort of like, uh, I heard this self-help lady say one time, like her little mantra was, I want what happens. Mm. And I don't always feel that way. <laughs> but if I, if I can get in that headspace, it is kind of what else is there to do, but just kind of sit in the roller coaster and let it roll. Yeah. So true. Wait, I didn't realize, and I, I'm sorry, I have to admit, I did not read your other book. The first book is Star is Bored. But tell me more about that and working with Carrie Fisher, because actually my husband's business partner is married to Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy. Oh, that's so cool. We know them very well. Anyway, so yeah, tell yeah. me about your experience and all that. Oh, it was truly life-changing. She was a magical person. And I worked for her for about three years, from 2011 to 2014. And every day was a peak experience, not just because we were traveling the world and she's rich and famous and all that stuff, but because she's hilarious. She was so funny and so warm and had such a great outlook on things. And uh, I think for all the time, yesterday I was walking the dogs and the smell of the neighborhood I was in reminded me of Bali when we went to Bali. And so it, she's on my mind every day. And, and part of what was so special about my time with her was that when I started working for her, I was really depressed. My life wasn't going the way I had imagined it would go. Things felt really hard. Uh, I was really lonely. My career as a journalist wasn't thriving. I was working a graveyard shift at CBS2 KCAL 9, writing news. And, and then uh, a friend of a friend basically emailed and was like, hey, would you want to work for Princess Leia? And I thought, well, maybe Like, if I'm going to leave this journalism career, it should be for something cool. And so I met with Carrie and she was otherworldly and just added so much color to my life and pulled me out of that depression I was in. And, you know, we talk about being seen. I felt seen by her. And we also shared, I think, this isolation. You know, I was isolated by being depressed and, and feeling ugly and unwanted and unlovable and a failure. And she was isolated by being a big movie star who had to do hair and makeup before she went to the grocery store. And so I think we just, we were friends and it was really, it was really lovely. And so Star's Board kind of tries to capture that. It's this depressed assistant who comes into contact with this really manic movie star and she shines her light on him and changes his life. And, and then as he starts to change, he has to come to terms with whether he's going to live his own life or keep living hers. Because that's sort of what happens in a celebrity assistant situation. You you really are living someone else's life. You're living someone else's vacations. You're having their experiences. And some people can do it forever. The pay is great. It's pretty cool to say you work for Carrie Fisher. And uh, so Debbie Reynolds, Carrie's mom, her assistant was with her for life. And that happens a lot because it's, it's, a, it's a cool gig. It's just this little gnawing thing of if you want to do something different with your life and not live someone else's. Mm. So that's ultimately why I ended up leaving working for her. But it was it was life-changing. It was beautiful. And I hope I captured the spirit of that in A Star is Bored. And, and Billy is such a lovely, beautiful person. And uh, I don't know her partner. They weren't together when I was when I was working for Carrie. But the whole family is beautiful. And I'll tell you, Carrie cared about one thing, and that was Billy. 
And it was really beautiful to see that. Speaking of great moms, by the way, that was really beautiful to see how much she loved Billy. Oh, that was so nice. I love that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So what did you do after and what were your original career aspirations? You wanted to be a journalist from day one? like tell Oh, me. yeah. Uh, what a nerd. I wanted to be uh, Katie Couric in college. I had a roommate, this poor guy, Jason, and I would set the... Uh, our TV had a timer. So I would set the alarm to wake us up like right before the Today Show would come on so I could hear like the cool music and the headlines. I mean, what a nerd. And then I got a job working for a local TV station in New Orleans and ended up during college working there overnights. So I would get to work at midnight, type the news for the morning show. The morning show would run and they would get off the air at like eight. I would race home, change clothes, then go into classes at Loyola in New Orleans. Oh it really was my life. I worked with Hoda Kotb. She she worked at uh, at Channel Four WWL TV in New Orleans at the time I was there, and so it was just a great. It was just a great life, and the TV station there was a dominant number one. So everyone there in town watched that channel. Everyone watched Hoda. There was another brilliant anchor named Angela Hill. Everyone was watching her, so they could uh, affect change in the community. And so this was around like 1997, 98, 99, and. When I left, journalism really changed across the board. So there were fewer dominant number one stations, um, and everyone got into kind of gimmicks. And then I worked in Las Vegas for a couple of years as an on-air reporter. That was crazy. <laughs> um, that was also in the middle of the night. So I'd put on a little necktie at midnight and oh my get in a live truck. And the photographer and I would drive around and listen to the police scanner and go from crime scene to crime scene. It was truly like a bad movie. <laughs> Whatever was the worst thing was our live shot for the morning show. So, I mean, that I'm not saying that was a big contributor to my depression at the time, but maybe. Yeah, then I got to L.A. and I was a I was a news writer. And, you know, that's a big change from, you know, wanting to be on air and, and all that stuff. And so I started writing movies and I, I wrote web series. And when the thing happened with my um, testicular cancer, I wrote a web series called Last Will and Testicle. And um, that was well received. And um so I don't know. I kicked it all around and uh, and was kind of looking for for the next thing. And when Carrie passed away in 2016, I posted a little tribute on Facebook, and people were so um, responsive. It kind of had a little bit of a viral reaction, and 
I thought, well, maybe there's more to that story that people would like to hear. And so that's, that's when I started writing that book. Did you consider it as a memoir? No, I tried to write like Carrie used to write. So she would take real life and then cover it with imagination. And part of that is to save some, save some souls uh, so she didn't have to <laughs> use real names and all that stuff. But the other part of it was really, and this was something I learned while I was putting A Star's Board together. I, I hired a couple of freelance editors to kind of help me with the structure as my first book. I wanted to know what I was doing. And they would point out the areas where, I mean, just the shorthand of it is, you need something to happen here. Like right, you need something right. big. You know, da, da, da. And my time with her was really pretty level. Like there weren't like, we didn't have big fights. Her priorities aligned with my priorities in life. And so in crafting a, a fictionalized story of that, you have to add in some um, peaks and valleys and whatnot. And so, so it was just an easier way to, and it was a little bit more fun to tell a fictionalized version. Wow. And then how did you come to this story after that one? Well, I was chatting with my editor um, over at Henry Holt, James Malia, who's a genius and I love him. And we were talking about, well, what could what could be next? And Stephen and I had just had a little gay wedding. It was right after the chemo. It was right during COVID. So we were trying to figure out uh, this marriage thing. And I had, I had proposed to him and the acknowledgements of A Star's Board and so I proposed in 2020, and then when 2021 rolled around, we were like, let's just do it. It's time. Who knows when COVID will end? Mm -hmm. Who knows when there'll be big gatherings again? Also, this way, we don't have to invite all of our families. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was a good excuse to just, uh, we found this, this house here in Palm Springs that hadn't been remodeled since the 60s. So it was all that great, old, crazy, grand emerald carpets and curtains and things like that. And so we just had an, an easy breezy ceremony there. And then when it was time to write this book, I thought, well, I had a little gay wedding, but what if I would have had a big gay wedding? What if it would have been a big grand thing? And what if I would have done it back home where it would have been hard for my friends and family in the New Orleans area to, to kind of, uh, my friends and family are in the rural part of Louisiana. So a little bit North of New Orleans, like that would have been a big deal for them. And even for, for some people who, I mean, I truly think that the haters are kind of a, a minority, um, but they're really loud. Mm. So I think what would have happened in real life and what I tried to bring to the book is people who sort of wanted to be happy for the character Barnett and want to cheer him on. And it just takes a little bit of courage to do that sometimes. Interesting. How did you meet Stephen? We met on OkCupid. No way. Yeah, this was 10 years ago. and. Uh, we were just looking at our first messages back and forth. And, oh. uh, and I said to him, like, I, I, I emailed him first. I knew, good. I knew right. he was a winner. And I sent him a message and I wrote, uh, wow, I can tell you're a writer. Because his profile was so well written. It was so clever and funny. And it had, uh, it had all the, the opposite of red flags. It had like mm -hmm. green flags, you know, like uh, we both love the movie Meet Joe Black. So that was one, that's one thing that came to mind. And we talked about complicated relationships with our families. And so, yeah, we started messaging and then we had a pink berry yogurt date. Nice. And I remember when I left there, I reached out to a friend and I said, I think I met my husband. Like I kind of just had this feeling, mm -hmm. you know, he was, he was just that kind of guy and, um, really special. And he got to meet Carrie. I was still working for her at the time. And uh, we were at a party at Penny Marshall's house. And Carrie had just hidden a bunch of Coke Zeros all around the bushes around Penny Marshall's <laughs> swimming pool because she was scared that Penny was going to run out. She wanted to make sure she had enough Coke Zero to drink. And uh, it was at that moment that I brought Steve over. I was like, hey, this is Carrie, whatever. And she kind of pulled him down and she was like, if you break his heart, I'll kill you. And I was like, oh... 
what a sweet uh, little moment. And that was another <laughs> interesting thing about uh, how I kind of knew that Stephen would make a great partner is Carrie was really special to me. And most of my friends didn't even know I worked for her. Like I didn't, I didn't tell people. I kept everything private. Uh, there was no, no uh, gossip. And I didn't want people asking for me to get something signed, blah, 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 blah. And similarly with dating people, there was no one who I ever wanted to introduce her to. Mm-hmm. And then I met this guy, Stephen Rowley, and I was like, oh, this is a great guy. And, uh, and I, thought he, I thought that she'd get a kick out of him, and she did. And so it was, it was all very lovely. Oh, and how is it being part of a two-author household? It's pretty great. It's pretty great. I joke that we're we're at war. You know, our books come out the same day, and it really is just an accident. We have different agents, editors, publishers, the whole thing. But May thirtieth, Stephen's new book, The Celebrants, drops the same day as Big Gay Wedding, and it's really lovely. I mean, I sometimes think I get more out of it than Stephen. I'm able to go to him and be like, "Is this normal?" Like, do you have your books yet? Have you seen your cover yet? Uh, how many blurbs are you asking for? <laughs> so I get to go to him for all the good stuff. Uh, and not to mention, like, both of us uh, reading each other's work and giving feedback and advice. And and it's a pretty quiet house, except for our dogs, Raindrop and Shirley, who can make a ruckus when the mail carrier arrives. But other than that, it's uh, it's quiet. We say hello during lunch. And the only other great part is we understand when the writer brain is at work. So mm-hmm. if we're stressed because we can't figure something out, we understand. Or if something happens and we're like, oh my gosh, I have an idea. Sorry, I, I can't go on the walk with you. I got to go write. We also get that. And so it's nice to have a sort of shorthand in that regard. That's amazing. It's so crazy that your books are coming out at the same time. So amazing. crazy. Wow. Do you have any plans for another one? What are you thinking? Are you writing something already in these quiet hours? <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. I'm still I'm still kicking around ideas and uh, I'm trying to see what comes of all of it. I want to turn Big Gay Wedding into a screenplay. So that's on my mind. And uh, and you know how it is. It's sometimes you're just kind of waiting to see where the, the creative energy goes. It would be fun to do something about being part of a two-author household. I mean, it's almost like a book in itself, like two authors, same Bob day, like, but maybe there's some, like only one of them can come out or I don't know. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. We've thought about it. We, every now and then we'll kick around ideas like, what about this? What about that? So you never know. You never know. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? It's lame, but it's heartfelt and I mean it and it's keep going, keep going because, uh, sit in the chair and keep writing If you get some rejections, who cares? Keep going. There are so many stories of people who it was their 101 rejection letter and then they they made their deal or whatever. And uh, sometimes I think even in my own writing, I sometimes don't know what's going to happen in a scene until the end of the scene. Sometimes you have to write several chapters until you realize like, oh, I finally found these people. So the keep going part of it really is just, it's just is part of it. So that's my advice. Don't give up. Keep going. You've got this. Everyone, well, I shouldn't say everyone, but the writers I know all experience the same thing. Am I a failure? Is this dumb? Imposter syndrome is real. So the truth is to just take your story and bring it to the page. And and Carrie Fisher, to round things out with her, she used to say, take your broken heart and go make art. And it really did feel like that served me when it came time to write A Star is Bored. I feel like it serves me when I have to take uh, regrets in my life and put them into uh, some of these characters in Big Gay Wedding. 
And so, so keep going, keep going with your story and it's important. What you're doing is important. I love that. And I'm so excited. You'll be at Zibby's bookshop soon. I think this might air afterwards, but, um, hopefully we can record the thing. Cause I'm so sad. I won't be there in person, but thrilled oh. to be there. Oh, well, no worries. I, but I am, I'm excited too. I, I love the empire you are creating. It oh. is such an honor to be chatting with you. What you have done for authors is brilliant, uh, amazing, groundbreaking. And, uh, I just, I just, I just think you're iconic and I'm, I'm kind of fanboying out. Uh, I'm thrilled <laughs> that you were able to chat with me and I can't wait to, to visit your bookstore. Yay. Thank you. Well, this was so much fun and I love talking to you and hope to continue in person out West. Next that time. sounds great to be. All okay. right. More to come. Okay. Hi to Steven. <laughs> I, will, I will. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of moms don't have time to read books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.